and welcome to part two of the Monday Night Scores 1995 Christmas Special Spectacular. If you haven't heard the first part, what the hell are you doing? Go back and get part one downloaded, you mentalist. And if you have, you'll know we covered WCW Monday Nitro from Christmas Day 1995 as Vinnie Max WWF took the night off for the holidays. Here in part two, it's two days later, the 27th of December 1995, and we're covering WCW's pay-per-view extravaganza, Starcade. Let's get into it. And we have a stacked festive card for you tonight. Not only have we got a triangle match for the World Heavyweight Championship number one contender spot, but the winner of that match will then go on straight away to take their title shot against Defends It Every 30 Seconds champion Macho Man Randy Savage. But before we get into that, we've got the small matter of the inaugural World Cup of Wrestling. As WCW representing the USA take on New Japan representing, can you believe it, Japan. I'm not too sure which nations and organisations these two teams beat on their way to the final, but never mind silly details like that. It's a nice concept and we've been building up to it entertainingly with lots of help from the mercenary Bobby Heenan for the last few weeks. It works like this. Seven singles matches with a participant from each organisation squaring up with a win giving you a point. First to four points wins. Now, fear not, we're not going to take you through all seven matches blow by blow because, well, frankly, we'd be here all night. So instead, we're going to have our own TMNS World Cup of Wrestling right here on the Monday Night Scores. And in tribute to Starcade, it'll be a battle between England and Spain as the nitpicker takes on Los Liam. Here's how our World Cup will work. A coin toss decides the first pick. The lads will then take turns to guess the winner and the method of victory for a bonus point, i.e. pinfall, submission, DQ or countout, with the other player being assigned the non-picked wrestler. They will also then guess their own method of victory. If your wrestler wins, then you qualify for the bonus point, and if your guess of the victory method is correct, you also get a point. Conveniently, there were no no contests. Each bout had a winner, so that finish doesn't need to factor in. Don't worry about it. So how will the scores work? Dead simple. One point for the winner and a bonus point for the right method of victory. Highest number of points at the end of the night wins. And the stakes could not be higher, for the loser will have to cover the next Brother Love segment on the Monday night scores. Punishment enough, I think you'll agree, but it gets worse. They'll also have to do so whilst doing a Vince impression for the duration. Strepsils at the ready. And, to add just a bit more peril, in the event of a tie, heaven forfend, I have to pick up the forfeit. But Steve, I hear you cry, that's a very tricky task, to pick a winner simply based on the wrestlers' names alone. And you're right. So to help the lads decide, I'll be providing a snippet of commentary for each match from the American dream Dusty Rhodes himself, whose wrestling knowledge and insight will no doubt help our competitors out hugely. Right, are we all clear on the rules? Crystal. Yeah, ready to go. Brilliant. Well, let's begin with a coin toss to decide who gets to pick first. Lost Liam, as you're the visiting side, the away team today, you get to call the coin toss. Are you ready? Yes. Right, lovely stuff. Three, two, one... I'm going to go heads. Lost Liam. I do apologise. It is a tails. Ah, oh, well. Which means the nitpicker. You get to decide who picks first. First picker in a seven-match series oh. gets a one-pick advantage. Do you want to go first? You've got to pick. You, you've got to back yourself there, haven't you? You'd be, you'd be daft. You'd be daft to give that advantage away. All right. Okie dokie. All right, here we go. The nitpicker is up first. Our first match... In the World Cup of Wrestling, USA versus Japan is Jushin Thunder Liger with Sonny Ono representing Japan taking on Chris Benoit representing USA. What a tantalising matchup this is. And already we've got a problem as the Canadian Chris Benoit receives USA <laughs> chance immediately. Oh, God. <laughs> right, lads, before you pick, here's some insight from Dusty to help you decide. 
Well, I tell you something, Tony, yeah. And at the bottom line with this thing, brain, let me, let me lay this on you right here. They have this opportunity, ah, someone coming over here. I want to take over the company, is what they say. And over there in New Japan, Sonny Bono coming here, bringing his guys over here. Brain, and I tell you what, WCW, we're ready for him right here. Right, kid? <laughs> I, trust that, I trust that made things clearer. That was super. Good, that. I like that. I like it. Can't do it. I've, worked, nice I've really worked on that as well. There's a lot more to come, so praise yourself. <laughs> All right, Jim, you're first to guess. Who's taking the first round, Jushin Thunder Liger or Chris Benoit? And what is the finish that they will win with? Well, I'm thinking Chris Benoit, obviously being a bit of a, you know, he's a bit of a big deal at this time, even though we never see him on telly. Yep. So I'm thinking, given the fact we never see him on telly, I'm going Thunder Liger to add a bit of peril, as if, as if Japan are going to take this on home. Sorry, I'm going Liger. And how is he going to win? Liger's winning by DQ so they don't beat Benoit clean. DQ so they don't beat Benoit clean. Lovely. So, Liam, in this first round, you have been assigned the Canadian Chris Benoit. You get no choice in that. But you do get a choice, should he win, Okay. of the finish. So how might Chris Benoit win if he's going to? Um, I'm just going to go for pinfall. Pinfall nice for pinfall. Okie dokie. Lovely stuff. And our first winner is... Jushin Thunder Liger takes the first yes. bout. And how did he win, I hear you ask? He took the win via... Pinfall, so no oh. bonus point for Jim. He did beat Benoit clean. The nitpicker starts with a point in the bag. Fantastic stuff. First time we've seen him in three months. Getting his ass kicked by Jushin Thunder Liger. Member of the Horseman. So what happened was Benoit was distracted by the Dungeon of Doom's Taskmaster who arrived at ringside and he allowed Liger to get the victory as Benoit was distracted. Ah, but it was right. a cracking yeah, okay. match. It was a cracking match. It really was. So there was some skullduggery then. Oh, skullduggery was indeed involved. Absolutely right. right. Fair enough. Match number two. So after the Canadian Chris Benoit, who do the USA send out next? Well, there's only one man for the job. The British-German Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. And he's taking on IWJP Junior Heavyweight Champion Koji Kanemoto with Sonny Ono in his corner once again. And here is what Dusty had to say on comms. You can see a similarity in the first match and this one right here. These, these guys possess so much speed and ability to fly and move around. They are using it up until this point to where finally the Wonder Kid, not Wonderkind, by the way, he said, need to say, I'm going to set this thing down. I'm going to wear him down. I'm going to put him in a simified sleeper, if you will. I ain't going to club him no more. And I'm going to try and wear him down before you do that high risk maneuver, before you do them back double, uh, back body drop. German suplexes off the top. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Shivani said, Yes, I do, I think. <laughs> Heenan said, You know what he's talking about? Shivani, yes, I do. Heenan, well, that's one of us. <laughs> Invaluable again, I assume. Okay, Liam, your turn to pick this time. Who won and how? Well, we haven't, we haven't seen Das Wunderkin for a long time, have we? Um, and last time we did see him, I'm sure he was hobbling about on crutches. <laughs> so I'm going to go for Kanemoto to win by submission. Submission, okie dokie. Kanemoto by submission. Das Wunderkind's still still playing on this injury I'm going to go for. <laughs> okie dokie. Well, Jim, you, are, you have then been lumbered by the potentially injured Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. How do you think he is going to win should he manage to do so? I'm going Das Wunderkind to level the scores straight up pin. Pin four for Das Wunderkind. And the winner of this match is... It's Koji Kanemoto. And he wins by... Pinfall, so no Ah. bonus point either. So the scores are one apiece. We're getting... But 2-0 to Japan. 2-0 2-0 to Japan. Very, very astute, Jim. That is correct. It is indeed 2-0 to New Japan Pro in the World Cup of Wrestling. Can you believe it? 
Our third match sees Masahiro Chono with, you guessed it, Sonny Ono taking on the total package Lex Luger, who has Jimmy Hart in his corner. The first of Lex's two matches tonight. Shivani describes Chono as the master of the STF and informs us that he was trained by Luthez, if that affects your thinking at all there, guys. And to follow up that, here's what Dusty had to say about him. Yeah, the most dangerous of all the Japanese, of this team that the Japanese have put together. When we're talking about torture with Saido, what Chono brings is the ability to take a big title home with him anytime he's in the ring. So there you have it. He can win a title anytime he's in a fight. So regardless of whether a belt's on the line or not, he can win a title. So I assume that it also, again, helps you pick the winner. It's a good ability to have. It really is. So, Jim, over to you this time. Who are you going for and how are they winning? Masahiro Chono or the total package Lex Luger? Well, given that splendid build-up from Dusty Rhodes, you're obviously making out Chono to be a bit of a big deal. So, I'm going for the usual here. Lex Luger to get his ass kicked throughout like the fucking job guy that he is, only to then somehow <laughs> win and send the crowd wild. Locking on the rack. Locking on so the submission. rack. Legs by submission. Okie dokie. Well, Liam, you've no choice. You've been given yeah. Chono. So if Chono manages to go over oh, no. the total package, how might he win? Oh, I think I think Jim's uh, logic is sound here. This is like set up for Luger to get the uh, Team USA back on track. So... <laughs> Stranger things have happened, so I'll go for uh, Chono uh, by uh, he's going to win by disqualification. DQ Maybe someone gets involved, DQ you know, to distract Chono. Luger or something. I don't know. Interesting. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Well, the winner of this matchup is. It's Lex Luger. And yes. he won. By applying the torture rack oh, to the master the of the SCF, he's got the bonus point as well. That's a tough one. It's all on the coin toss that one lost Liam, but that's, yeah. uh, there's two two additional points for uh, for the nitpicker there. So on to our fourth bout, which sees Johnny B. Bad taking on Masa Saito, also known as Mr. Torture, thanks to his rough style, who is once again accompanied by Sonny Ono. And Bad, incidentally, is accompanied by Kimberly, formerly the Diamond Doll. We learn that Bobby the Brain used to manage Saito, who was also a former amateur star who represented Japan at the Olympics. Dusty's comment on this one is invaluable as he describes the apparent transformation of the Diamond Doll into Kimberly, saying that she now seems a little more volatile. I think it's a made-up word, we're not sure. Now, I appreciate that, lads. That doesn't really help you decide this time, it really doesn't. So I'll give you a little insight into the match, just to give you a bit more of a chance. So, for the duration of this match, Sonny Ono, at ringside, repeatedly chokes Johnny B. Bad when the ref's not looking, or when Saito is distracting him, using the Japanese flag. It goes on for ages, with Ono really doing bad over. And after Bad gets a couple of near falls late on in the match, Ono then gets up on the apron to make the distraction. And Bad's had enough. And he grabs Ono with two hands. The crowd pops. We're finally going to see the Uber heel get his just desserts. But about a millisecond after Bad puts his hands on Ono, the Japan supporting Bobby the Brain Heenan on comms laments, the man's got glasses! As if... <laughs> as if we're bad to strike him or hurt him in any way. <laughs> he would be... He would be persona non grata. It absolutely floored me. And how the rest of the comms lads kept a straight face on this, I have no idea. Anyway, that's all you're getting. So, Liam, it's your turn to pick this time. Who do you think's winning? Johnny B. Bad or Masa Saito, a.k.a. Mr. Torture. I'm going to go for Saito to, uh, to, to pick up the win. And the finish I'm going to go for is maybe um, maybe DDP gets involved um, just to prolong, obviously, that, that bit of saga. We've not had any anything from that for a while. So I'm going to say uh, Saito by DQ. Very good. Jim, you have been assigned Johnny B. Bad. How do you think, if he's able to conquer Saito, how do you think he's going to do it? Well, they seem to like bad, don't they, on the uh, 
the hell people responsible for for booking these these programs. So I'm I'm gonna I'm happy we've been assigned bad, and I think he's just gonna again straight up pin, be the hero, level the scores for WCW. Pin four for bad to level the scores. Okie dokie. Well, let's find out who won, and the result is. Johnny B. Bad wins by DQ. Saito is penalised for throwing Bad over the top rope, which in WCW NWA rules is a disqualification and costs him the match and we're all tied up at 2-2. Jim has pulled away with a a 4-1 lead at the moment, dearing me. Practicing that Vince impression, Liam. (laughs) 4-1, is it really 4-1? 4-1. I got the bonus point, didn't I? I got the Bruce's oh, yeah, point. Yeah, the last all right, it's, yeah, it's curtains for me, isn't it? <laughs> we're all right, Liam. We're up to match five of seven. There's time with the bonus points to pull it all back. You don't need a snooker yet. <laughs> <laughs> In trouble. So on to match number five, and this time we've got Shinjiro Otani with who else but Sonny Ono going up against TMNS favourite Eddie Guerrero. The strip caption misspells the Japanese entrance name as Utani with two O's. Can't make it up. Anyway, that's all well and good, but how can we pick a winner without some dusty insight? The American Dream sums this situation up perfectly. We are tied at two to two, a very pivotal situation, if you will. Inventing words left, right, and center. It's fantastic. Speaking of the competitor from Japan, Dusty adds to Shivani. An Otani. That word, Otani, say it a few times. Yeah, because I remember last night I was trying to talk to you in that production meeting about him. And we were in the, uh, afterwards, in the lounge situation there, you know. And you were there calling every time I say Otani, you'd order another one. I wasn't ordering hot toddies. I was ordering, you know what I'm talking about? To which Tony responds, (laughs) ah, sheesh, I don't know who's worse sometimes, you or Heenan. And fair enough there, Tony, fair enough. It's been a long night. He's already waving the white flag here. <laughs> he really is. Jim, back over to you this time. Who's winning this bout and how are they doing it? So we're two all. We're going to... We don't want to make it look like we're going to make it a nice row win too soon, do we, for the sake of drama? But do we want to beat Guerrero? So this is a, this is a conundrum. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Itani. Guerrero will make it a great match and Itani will... Uh, I'll get the win. We'll go we'll go to pinfall win. A pinfall win for Atani, says the nitpicker. Well, lost Liam, you've been lumbered with Eddie Guerrero. So if Eddie Guerrero is able to go over Atani, how is he gonna do it? Pinfall. I think it'll be a nice it'll be a nice match uh, to watch. But a uh, clean finish, pinfall. Clean finish, both going for clean finishes, and here we go. How did this one end? Let's find out. After a cracking bout. Atani picks up the win. No, I'm, I'm going to be getting accused there, aren't I? I'm going to get accused of cheating. <laughs> and he did it via pinfall. That's a bonus <laughs> point for the nitpicker. He's in the bag. Oh, skullduggery being accused of here. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Which puts Japan back in the lead 3-2 to two in the World Cup of Wrestling. That means the nitpicker is an almost unassailable... Which means the nitpicker has an unassailable lead. <laughs> Of six to one. Them's the breaks, Scandalous. Mostly. Them's the breaks. We're going to have to have a rematch at Stuart's some point. In- Stuart's inquiry here. <laughs> you know that Otani's picking up a victory in the, 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 the outcome. So I've said this before. Stuart's inquiry. VAR on it. <sighs> On to match number six. This is our penultimate World Cup of Wrestling match, and it sees the Japanese Tensan Unity is two taking on WCW's World Heavyweight Champ, the Macho Man Randy Savage. But how are the lads going to guess the winner? Over to Dusty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you another thing about this situation with the Macho Man Randy Savage is that this. Young, younger, if you will, uh, challenger. 
that he has this thing right here, that this matchup here is the most important matchup. Uh, you know, not because we're behind 3-2, to two, but because of the whole evening. Because what an opportunity to step into the limelight of WCW and around the world if you were the man that defeats the macho man, Randy Savage. There you go. <laughs> I feel like we should do more impressions, don't you? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, looks like you'll be getting a Vince McMahon one soon, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, lost Liam. Your time to pick this one. Who's going to go over Tensan or the macho man Randy Savage, the world champ? So what are we free to to Japan at the moment? We are indeed. So it's got to be, Savage has got to like claw one back to send it into a decider. So that's got to be Savage for the win. He's banged up Savage, so I'm sure during the main event there's some some kind of mention towards um, Tenshan having him in an arm lock or something daft. Um, or maybe I'm just too, thinking too much into this. <laughs> um, but yes, I'll go. Actually, I'll go Savage, and um, I'm going to go for pinfall. Go for pinfall, Saki. Sack me logic off. Savage by pinfall. Lost Liam goes with his Spanish gut rather than logic. So the nitpicker is lumbered with Tensan, the Japanese monster. And if Tensan is to get the victory, Jim, how might he do it? Well, given, as we mentioned previously, the way Macho Man has been treated during this title reign, I don't think a Tensan wins out of the question there. But given the unlikeliness of that outcome in reality, I'll take Tensan and I'll take DQ, given that there's always a run in a Savage match. DQ using the logic there's always a run in the Savage match can't fault that well a bruising bout for these lads resulted in a win for the macho man Randy Savage his diving elbow found its mark and got him the victory by pinfall and in the World Cup of Wrestling we are all square again 3-3 to But that decision gives Lost Liam a point plus a bonus point, getting him up to three. So it's 6-3. There's an unlikely clawback. So we've come to our deciding final bout. And we've got WCW's US heavyweight champion, Kensuke Sasaki, taking on the man from whom he took the belt, the giant scorpion himself, Sting. But before we get this match underway, at the 1 hour 36 minute mark, we get our first shot of the World Cup itself. Where's it been? This is the sort of thing we usually have every 10 seconds. I haven't even fucking seen it. And it looks really fucking boring. It's like a you've gone to the like engraving shop and bought like just large cup one. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's shit. It's really shit. Anyway, we get underway and Sasaki quickly takes control prompting Dusty to come out with this gem. Yeah, seize the moment, wasted no time. Ah, once you get the crowd behind you, that 12th man, if you will, in football, or, or that, that, the thing that drove, that drove me as a champion with the crowd, and the same thing that drives Sting, and you've got to take him out. Tony, as you've said, take him out of the picture, and then it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, a thing, momentum-wise, in your favour. I assume you need no more again. That's, that, should, that should wrap it up and make it crystal yeah, clear. I've pretty much got it now. I think. Good. Well, before you two pick for the final time, I do just need to mention that bearing the reason for the DQ in match four was Masa Saito pushing Johnny B. Bad over the top rope. Well, at one hour, 40 minutes, Sting does the exact same thing and nobody bats a pissing eyelid. What the hell? <laughs> Nothing. No one says a thing. He does the exact same thing. And everyone just goes, he's knocked him over the top. Bollocks. Absolute scandalous. shite. It is scandalous. So they've been done here in New Japan. Totally. New Japan have been cheated. They really have. Absolutely stuffed, yeah. Fucking awful. Travesty. So really then, if we're going off like, you know, what the outcome should have been. No, 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 not in this. Maybe change. <laughs> should, have, should have got you to guess first, and if, if, you'd have, if I didn't even guess that, you'd have gone one automatically. So I should have done. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, well, with all of that in mind, Jim, it is your turn, to, and it's all academic now, but it's your turn to pick. 
Who is going to win this final bout and how are they going to do it? Given that it's academic, I'll just, it's Sting. Sting's going to win it. Stinger for Jim. And how is he going to do that, Jim? He'll pin him. He'll win by pinfall. Liam, you've been left against your will with Kensuke Sasaki. And if Sasaki is able to get the victory, Liam, how do you think he's going to do it? I'm going to say he's won by disqualification. Someone's going to run in and, and spoil the party. DQ for Sasaki. Fair enough. And our final bout is won. This is with the World Cup of Wrestling on the line, by the way. By... The Stinger who picks up the victory by submission, having oh. locked in the Scorpion Deathlock. The USA takes the World Cup of Wrestling. And at our end, the nitpicker takes the victory over Los Liam in the TMNS World Cup of Wrestling. Yeah. Well done, Jim. Thank you, everybody. It, uh, do we get a trophy? No, of course not. But no, Los Liam I... must now unfortunately do the punishment, which is to cover the next Brother Love segment... As Vince. But back in the ring, the WCW team arrived to celebrate with Sting, with Tony Schiavone commenting, they're chanting USA, and Chris Benoit is out. Hilarious. Couldn't, could not write it. Could not fucking write it. Absolute car crash. So following the the festivities and the the World Cup of Wrestling, we then get the the eagerly awaited, the long anticipated triangle match. Um, it begins. We've got Sting in the ring. We've got Lex Luger in there. We've got Ric Flair in there. The three competitors and Giovanni on commentary. He promises a coin toss to start with to figure out who starts outside the ring for this match he tells us it's going to be odd man out and this struck me as odd because it's normally heads or tails Tony but let's, <laughs> let's see how this one goes uh, this is where we've got a we've got a caveat it becomes apparent that this match is in fact not a triple threat match that's been in the WCW renaming machine as we first assumed when we heard about this whole pile of gubbins what it actually is so if any of this review is, uh, is, is difficult to hear that's because we're doing it with a mouthful of humble pie as we speak. <laughs> so the match is, is going to be more of a one-on-one with a guy on the outside yeah. for the tag when he comes in and whatever else. And Which is, in our defence, right? That make, that's shit. It <laughs> makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why, would you, why would you ever tag out? And triangles, don't, you know what I mean? Like, all right, it doesn't have to be uh, an equilateral triangle. Right, fine, right? But, but still, like, come on. It's not really, not really a triangle when you've got one on the outside and you, you constantly go, yeah, it just doesn't work. doesn't work. Well, yeah, exactly. It's their fault, not ours. I mean, we're idiots, <laughs> but I don't, think, I, don't think they, I don't think they made it, they made it easy on us, yeah. <laughs> but Deflection. anyway, it, uh, it transpires that uh, Lex Luger's going to start on the outside. I didn't see a coin toss happen, and I'm well happy with the results, and no one can argue <laughs> that, as Shivani said, it is indeed odd man out. <laughs> Inside the ring, Flair and Sting to kick off with a bit of a woo off. <laughs> every time, every time these guys do, and I love it. I don't care. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jim. Sorry, I, I, I need to make. I mean, unless you're gonna you're gonna pull this up yourself, are you, are you gonna make note to Rick Fellow's appearance at the moment? Because if not, the, no, I feel like I have to jump in here. Go on, go right. On. So when this kicks off, he just he looks like a German flag. Because he's got he's got black trunks and hasn't he? He's got red knee pads and yellow boots. So, <laughs> I thought, you know, straight away I just lost my head here because this walking German flag around the ring. Alex, Alex, right in his corner. Yeah, I couldn't yes. believe it. I couldn't concentrate. No, I didn't pick that. It's a great observation. Yeah. I do like my flags and all. Great. Yeah. Straight away. Straight away. 
for the nitpick and not picking up. Well, devastating. No, that's brilliant. Sorry, Jim. No, no, it was, it was, it was, that's about what we're all about here, valuable information. Um, <laughs> yeah, the woo-off, sting prevails, the famous scorpion howl that you hear any night in, out in the desert, camping out, whatever else, impossible to get any sleep while they have scorpions just howling as they do. <laughs> Spot on. Flair, he's the fresh man, having not competed in the World Cup, of course, and Sting obviously was... Last up, so he's the, the the biggest disadvantage here. Yeah, yeah. But it is Sting who starts off off the hottest, hitting the first of many gorilla press slams as Flair comes off the ropes. An attempt at the Scorpion Deathlock soon follows, but Flair denies this by grabbing all of the ropes, and then he grinds down Sting with a hammerlock. Flair he, he kind of puts the brakes on at this point, and he he, he slows everything down nicely as he often does. And he nails Sting with a big right hand to the jaw when Sting's up in the turnbuckle. Looked quality with a zoomed-in camera angle proper. Clocked him. Uh, Sting starts a comeback not long after. Um, he takes a mighty whip into the turnbuckle, but then starts mimicking the flare strut with this bizarre look on his face. He's, it was... It, he's he's not, weird, isn't he, Sting? It, yeah. <laughs> I like the idea behind it, but much like me and my Dusty impression, someone should have checked it first and gone, no, mate, just no. Just, don't just do try it without the look on your face. Do it with a different look on your face, Sting. That'll be just, fine. Just don't do it like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, he does the weird strut face look thing. Um, gets another press slam off the ropes. Sting loves them. And he follows by hitting Flair with a face buster. And Flair then decides, we've got to take evasive and scampers to the outside. We then get this repeated spot where Flair attempts to whip Sting into the metal railings, but Sting keeps no selling it, and this prompts Flair nowhere left to go. He's already outside the ring. Where the fuck was he escaped to now? <laughs> and he has to run back into the ring this time and get out of dodge. Inside the ring, Flair reassumes command, though, because he dodges a drop kick and capitalises on Sting's mishap and again slows the pace down nicely. Uh, at this point, I feel like it's important. Uh, the Nature Boy is in complete control at this stage and attempts to kill this one off with a series of rapid-fire pins from which Sting gets a shoulder up at two each time. I counted six, just rolling him over, kick out, rolling him over, kick <laughs> yeah. out. Six of them. Amazing. Sting, he then he then capitalises on the rest Flair has kindly afforded him and a second comeback commences with a no-sell after Flair's vertical suplex. To the shock of everybody in the building and at home on pay-per-view, Sting sends Flair running the ropes and then hits the rarely seen Gorilla Press Slam for the third time <laughs> in the match. <laughs> uh, we do thankfully get some variety though from Sting after this. He hits a superplex straight after. Yeah, good. And he goes for the cover there at this point, Sting. He then aborts though when he, he, over, he catches Luger entering the ring out the corner of his eye to break it up. Uh, the ref returns the package to the sidelines, but Luger, it's not, see what I did to anybody? We've gone for the, he re- returns. Oh, the returns package. the package, clever. Come on, well postal, done, sorry. Postal sorry. jokes. The USPS total package. Left Luger. Perfect. Come on. That was good. That was good. Uh, but, but Luger, he is now the action for longest. Sting becomes the first to tag out. And I will do the same. Make the hot tag to Liam, who I'm desperately hoping is going to enter this review by making the same noise Luger does upon his <laughs> arrival into the ring. Liam, go. I think I'll give that one a miss. Oh, thank you. Fair enough. But once again, it is left... Uh, to me to pick up the pieces on a, an Alex Luger uh, contest. <laughs> so here we go. Another... <laughs> uh, Lex heads into the ring and straight into a, a flex pose while screaming excessively at Fleur. Uh, Fleur doesn't want anything to do with this. He rolls out the ring and I don't blame him. Um, but the total package follows him out. He picks him up in the fireman's pose and carries him back into the ring. Uh, Fleur tries a shoulder tackle here when bouncing back off the ropes that Luger no-sells, shock, before it's Luger's turn to get involved in the press slam parade as he holds Fleur in the air for a few seconds, then dumping him onto the mat. That's four now, isn't it? Four press slams in, in this match at, yes, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Luger leads us off with some dodgy-looking blows to Fleur's head as the crowd counting sink to ten in the corner. 
Um, the camera was really close here, and he was he was do, he wasn't doing a great job in, in selling the was at all. Nah. No, it, yeah, Shame. exactly. Burley, yeah. Burley connected it, and it, it looked terrible, didn't it? It did. Um, Fleur tries to walk out the corner here, um, and then he does his best to to sell this. You know, he theatrically collapses the canvas in in the spot that we got uh, last week on Nitro. The crowd loved it, uh, and it and it seems like it, we we covered over the we papered over the cracks there with with Rick Fleur's uh, acting. Lex covers, but Fleur kicks out by pulling the herd of total package. Great by Fleur, even when it's backs against the wall time, he stays true to character, kicks out of a pinfall in a snide way. And Fleur follows this up with a, a poke to the eye that slows Luke's momentum right down before targeting the leg of Luger with a, a mm, knee clever. to the back of the clever. calf. Uh, Fleur continues to, to slow this tempo right down. He works the knee with a couple of stomps and then decides to vamp this up a notch with a cheer shot to the same knee of Luger as the referee's back is turned. But to be honest, this didn't look the best, did it? Uh, you know, he, nah. he kind of pulled out at the last minute, wasn't it? Didn't it was, need it. It was kind didn't of what, what, he's what working, Hogan did the other week. Exactly. He's, work, he's, he's working, the, working the legs, setting up the figure four perfectly. And this was, I understand why, but yeah, it didn't look great. Didn't, didn't need yeah. it. Yeah. A bit, little bit clumsy, didn't it? Yeah. Fleur hits it. He hits a big chop to to Lex, and then as Luger is on the mat, he taunts Sting, who is on the outside, with the Fleur strut in an attempt to coax him in and cleverly distract the referee. The Stinger takes the base and tries to enter the ring, and as the ref is dealing with this, Fleur lands a double knee drop onto Lex's total package. <laughs> uh, Fleur then locks. <laughs> 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 I don't think it was as good as your postal joke, Jim, but I did uh, I did enjoy writing it. It got bigger left, so <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, I've, I've got to deal with a Vince impression next week, so I'll take, I'll take that as a as a win. <laughs> Uh, Fleur then locks the, the figure four in and he, and he holds on to the rope as per usual uh, but Luger hooks up and he manages to counter the submission hold by rolling over um, Fleur then attempts to suplex Luger to the outside but, but again Luger blocks this and it's Fleur who's lifted over the ropes by the suplex uh, Lex manages to roll over get the cover but only gets a two fall as Fleur is able to kick out we get another press slam spot here, so we're up to five as uh, as Lex foils a Fleur aerial attack by grabbing him from the top turnbuckle and then throwing him down to the canvas. Some more hulking up from Lex as he no-sells Fleur's chops and a shoulder tackle and then Fleur tries to coax both Luger and Sting into taking him on but as both look to, 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 to follow suit here, he scurries over to the corner and quickly tags in the Stinger. And in comes Sting, giving us, as Bobby Heenan puts it, friend versus friend. The two friends square off as they size each other up, then do so again, and then again. And then they shake hands, albeit briefly, but the crowd loves it when they do. They massively pop for this brief handshake. Chivalry and, you know, politeness, apparently, is all, are all wrestling fans really, really care about. <laughs> <laughs> Major confrontation, says Dusty, erroneously and ironically, as Flair tends to his hairdo on the apron, eagerly watching on as the two lads finally lock up and as he's, you know, created this, this fiasco and it's all coming to fruition. Both cancel each other out initially, with the crowd starting to get a little impatient because it takes quite a while until finally Lex takes the early advantage with some pretty vicious-looking strikes um, before slamming Sting's head into the turnbuckle. Sting then returns the favour after lighting up at Lex, his friend, really starting to stick the knife in. The Stinger mounts and punches Lex in the corner, getting to 10, and the crowd respond. The pace slows again, and the lads on comms cover it for it quite nicely, saying that Luger's done a good job at slowing down the Stinger. A sharp knee to the sternum from Sting find its mark but it riles Lex up who drops the Stinger to the canvas then Gorilla Press slams him so that he lands neck first on the top rope before he starts roughhousing him Sting rolls to the outside to escape and Lex follows launching a it was never gonna work double axe handle towards the Stinger who lands a fist right into Lex's gut to counter the orange scorpion then rolls Luger back into the ring and heads up to the top rope before landing a lovely looking crossbody block which gets him a two count. A body slam then positions the total package in front of the adjacent turnbuckle to set him up for a corner slingshot splash, but Lex brings his knees up and Sting eats him. Looked perfect, and now both lads are down as the ref starts a double count. 
We only get to five, though, before Lex gets up and starts some vicious-looking driving elbows, which gets a two count. Then he follows up with three rapid elbow drops, which get no count, as Sting has rope break. Just stupid and idiotic, that from Lex, even from a kayfabe stance. Like, what are you doing, mate? You look like a fool. Sting mounts a comeback with some nasty strikes of his own and then goes to apply the Scorpion Deathlock, but Luger grabs a rope break for himself. As the ref's imploring Sting to break the hold, the mat-based Lex wallops Sting's stingers as he lands a blatant low blow that the ref clearly sees and admonishes Sting. No DQ in a triangle match? Like, what, what's going on here? He's, he's clearly he's punched him in the knackers. The ref's seen it, has told him off for it, and that's as far as it goes. Yeah, I, there's loads of bits in this. I, at the end, we'll discuss, but I, I, yeah. I did not understand the rules of this whatsoever. Is this no DQ? Is this not no DQ? I don't understand. But, you know, if, if it is no DQ, what's the referee doing telling him? Don't do that, because it's, it's perfectly within the rules, so it makes Literally no sense. The ref, Nick Patrick. That was a low shot, Lexa. I should have you out of here. So throw him out then, you moron. Jesus. Lex is up and lands a huge inverted atomic drop, but almost gets rolled up by Sting as he goes to try and pin him in the aftermath. Only a two count, but it's followed by a gorgeous sunset flip that gets Sting another two. Sting's rope running starts to give him some momentum and he lands a Sting a splash. Flair looks to try and blind tag Sting, but he's just out of reach as he tries to grab him. The comms lads catch it and comment on it. Lex is back up and he grabs Sting and gets him into the torture rack. The world's worst finisher has been applied. But as he positions himself in the centre of the ring, the Stinger's boot inadvertently clocks Nick Patrick. He's down. The dirtiest player in the game seizes his opportunity and scurries into the ring before shoulder tackling Lex's knee from behind, sending both lads to the canvas. Luger rolls out, Flair throws Sting over the top rope and onto Luger. Nate then rouses the ref, who groggily starts the double count out as Flair returns to the apron and acts all angelic-like. Patrick gets to a nine count and Sting lunges to get back into the ring, but Lex grabs him by the arm and prevents him from making it. The ten count is called and the triangle match ends in victory for the nature boy. Don't think uh, Sting and Lou are going to be friends after this one, are they? <sighs> Certainly not. Certainly not, Jim. This is surely it for the end of their friendship. Yes, I, I just wanted to say before we moved on, I didn't really understand this finish because like, Shivani as pointed out, he was going mad when Luger was going to break up Sting's pin. So, mm. suggesting Sting would have won the match yep. had he pinned Flair. Yeah. So, therefore, it's not an elimination match, right? It's not It's not yeah. in Luger's advantage no. for Flair to be eliminated and pinned because Sting would have just won. Yeah. So, by those, by that token, like, by the same logic, surely Luger wouldn't have been counted out. No. Been sent to the back and it become a single match. Correct. Sting and rolled back in the ring. Correct. Let him in and then the match continues and he can yeah. fight another day. Yep. Insane. That's how yep. I interpret it anyway. Completely. But then, and the same thing with the, the low blow where obviously the ref didn't, didn't disqualify Luger because he couldn't just send it off and make it a, yeah. a single match between. Right. So, so Luger's, for no reason, yeah. just cost himself an opportunity to get the title there. Completely. He looks like a fool. Totally. Cost <laughs> Classic Lex Luger. There you go. <laughs> Never change, Lex Luger. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for that double count-out win. Flair's now in the main event for the evening, the title match with Randy Savage, which is taking place right now. We've got the big gold belt on the line here, all to play for, but as we've already mentioned what a shambles the lads have had in the booking room here because <laughs> they've just done this match on free telly not two days prior to this pay-per-view. <laughs> you cannot be happy if you've paid. I don't know what they were charging for this event, no, but you cannot be happy much. if you forked out on the pay-per-view here. <laughs> Correct. Ridiculous. So I'm not going to spend too much time on the match itself given that we've already had it. We've already discussed it previously <laughs> on, on, on the previous podcast, which if you haven't already seen, or listened to, you don't see podcast. If you haven't already listened to, check it out. So just a few things that stuck out to me during this particular contest. First off being, they've got Mike Buffer in to do some announcing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know he's, a, he's been on a couple of previous pay-per-views that we've watched from WCW, so obviously they're trying to create that big fight feel, aren't they? But you don't tend to put the, the big fight on a pre-recorded free TV <laughs> episode two days before your intended big fight, do you? 
No, you really don't. No. <laughs> you cannot imagine a world where they'd stick that, uh, stick Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury in that dog shit Channel 5 boxing programme they stick up like <laughs> late on a Saturday night. The week before Skybox Office put it on fucking live from Saturday night. <laughs> <maybe. laughs> so the, the money's been wasted on Buffer there, hasn't it? Oh, he, he was falling in here as well. He was he, Buffer? I mean, God, he, he, was he didn't sound the good. Card. <laughs> he was reading the card. He was reading the, the name of the event. It's, I know. Yeah, I mean, Stargate. I, I, I know. Yeah, you, you don't need the card for the event, surely. You know what you mean. You know the sign says outside. Yeah. <laughs> Mike. Yeah, he was falling in. That rightly so, because this was, this was a joke. <laughs> but the match itself, as we've said, it's exactly what we expected to be, given who's involved. Good quality. Macho starts off strongly. Flair grinds him down. Works on Savage's injured arm for the most part. And then we, get, we, have, we have some... some spectacularly screwy finish at the end which I come to momentarily but just as we're building towards it again a couple of things that stood out to me not specifically related to the match itself first off what the fuck was Paul Arndorf doing making the appearance here <laughs> no idea honestly he's got his neck brace on following the, the spike pile driver he suffered at the hands of Flair and the horse yeah out he trots yeah he just appears doesn't he from nowhere Heenan actually says he's not here to watch a match <laughs> and then the next thing we see He's been escorted to the back by some bloke that's <laughs> Doug Dillinger, I think they call him. Doug Dillinger's shown him the way out. Okay, the escape plan. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that was the lad uh, Hogan levered over the head the other week. You know when we were trying to think of... Oh, uh, was Doug it? Dillinger, did he? Yeah, I think, yeah, it looked, it looked very similar. Bloody hell. Right. I think oh, Dillinger, Dillinger's made another appearance. <laughs> Got payday, fair enough. Yeah, but that's, like, Dillinger, Doug Dillinger's pointing the hand in. Come on, on your way, on your way, on <laughs> off. Um, and that's exactly what he did do, didn't it? He, he yeah. did watch a match. He, yeah. he, he, that's what he was there for. It's exactly what he was there for, to watch a match, or part of a match at least. <laughs> so that was largely pointless. Well, I'll tell you what, as well, if his plan was to come and disrupt Flair, right, get his revenge on, on Flair, yeah. the horseman, he took a risk not bothering coming out of the triangle match, didn't he? What happened to Flair and they got through? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't get any revenge. He's not in the best condition to uh, inflict this revenge either, <laughs> isn't he? He's, his neck's heavily, you know bandaged up there he's taking on one of the horsemen so even if he jumps in and tries to get the the upper hand then you've got the rest of them coming Three down to, behind him to now. fill him in <laughs> what a joker yeah, well, and he was uh, fucking miles away from the ring as well oh, yeah, like, squint if you seen him is that, is that Paul Orndorff back there <laughs> is that a normal sized head and a tiny body? oh no it's, it's Orndorff at distance it's Orndorff at distance sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was strange. After after Dillinger had uh, formulated Ondorf's escape plan, we've <laughs> made that one on the fly. Straight in the can. On the fly, straight in the can. Come on. Teasing that can up for the first time. <laughs> tune in, tune in to 96. <laughs> See the reborn nitpicker, reborn as the can opener. <laughs> so from that brief interjection from Paul Orndorff, or non-interjection, should we say, and we head, we'll, we'll head straight to the finish. We, Flair's been grinding down Savage for a while now. He's, he's, he's beating him up around the ring and everything else. So we head back inside the ring where Flair starts working on Savage's arm for a protracted period while Jimmy Hart is using his megaphone to, <laughs> to cheer Flair on on the side. So Hart is still hanging around Flair. We spoke about this on, on the previous uh, Nitro review where Hart had made the somewhat face move, hadn't he, of, of asking to be Flair's manager for the evening as penance for Flair saving his bacon a few yeah. weeks back. Um so he's still hanging around, though. I thought it was only one night only thing, but apparently not. <laughs> what I couldn't handle here is, like, you know, he, he was he was disgusted, Jimmy Hart, on on, uh, on the last Nitro when Pittman asked him to be his manager. Yeah, he's willing just to offer his services <laughs> up to Fleur here. And if you look at Fleur's physique and Pittman's physique, he was absolutely <laughs> lambasting Pittman. And I'd say Pittman's in, in the better shape. Out of the two, yeah. yeah. Out of totally, the two, yeah. yeah. I, did, I, did, I did not say I thought it was a bit hypocritical of... Uh, yeah. So Pittman just needs to do do Hart a good turn and then he's then he'd be indebted to him. There you go. Or yeah, there we go. A legend of wrestling. Or that, yeah, that. Or that, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. One of the two, wrestling legend, <laughs> or do it. Trevor comes first. Trevor's first. <laughs> he always have a quarter now as well, didn't he? So I mean... <laughs> 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 uh... <laughs> 
while Hearts cheering him on after a after a long period of arm locks from Flair. Macho Man starts building his comeback, which the crowd do not give a solitary fuck about, do they? It is absolute crickets in there. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Silence. Uh, Macho Man, he decks the nature boy and then he signals he signals he's going for the elbow drop. He's going up top to uh, to finish this one off. Sensing danger though, Jimmy Hart, temporary manager, interim manager Jimmy Hart, he jumps <laughs> on the apron to distract referee Randy Anderson. And then what follows for me is the single longest attempt to distract a referee <laughs> I've ever seen. And if he doesn't hold some record, I will be amazed. It is staggering. You're not wrong. Uh, Randy Anderson looked like the biggest chump going here, didn't he, after this was finished? <laughs> yeah. The biggest muppet in the fucking business. So I made a note of this, right? Hart grabs hold of him. Yeah. On the clock, on the, uh, the WWE Network, it's, two, no, it's 37 minutes and 28 seconds. It is a full 60 seconds later. Jesus. Two, two hours, 38 minutes and 28 seconds when the ref is trying to get Savage off Brian Pillman later on. So there is, there is a whole minute which Jimmy Hart has got hold of him for and doesn't let and go. And he's just... Yeah. And he's not in his bag. Oh, so how did he not get at least get fucking thrown out of ringside sure, in the yeah. very least? Sure, yeah, never mind a DQ for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. the it's very least, yeah. absolutely absurd. So anyway, while this obscenely long distracting the ref is going on, <laughs> Hart lobs Flair the megaphone, right? <laughs> I don't know how Anderson missed this, given that Hart is holding him by the front of the shirt and uses his right arm to throw the, <laughs> the megaphone. <laughs> yes, yes. Somehow, Randy Anderson managed to miss the megaphone going over his head. From the man 12 centimetres from his face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Flair goes to hit Savage with the megaphone, but Savage counters, takes the megaphone off him, and then clocks Flair with it. So Macho then turns round to the hard camera. This was, again, this was another shambles. Macho then turns to the hard camera. I don't know what he's doing here. Turns to the hard camera to get his blade out that he had tipped to his hand. <laughs> Quite clearly pulls oh, yeah, the blade yeah, out. It's- before jumping on Flair, rolls yeah. around with him for a bit, doing any kind of discernible move, <laughs> or like not even punched him or anything, just no. kind of rolls around on there, obscuring the view, and then, then he goes right out, gets off, I'm going up on the turnbuckle. Flair, he then assumes the position to receive the elbow, and he's got enough claret on his forehead, you might, oh. you might assume he's just being apple-bobbing in tomato soup. So after, after a <laughs> pat on the head... <laughs> After a pat on the head with a megaphone, he now looks like something out of the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> oh, it was a disgrace, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was. Two absolute veterans. I was so disappointed with what was going on. Oh, oh dear. How have you messed this up? That was unbelievable. No. Oh, God. Um, Matt Shaw, he then hits the elbow. He hits the elbow off the top. He goes for the pin. I don't know how, because Flair's lost three pints of bloody. He must be... <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Easy as anything to pin at this point. But he goes, he, he goes for the elbow anyway, hits it, overkill. And then as he goes for the pin, the horsemen run in. It's the first time I've seen Benoit with a horseman. Ever, Benoit's first appearance for the horsemen. He's now level with Charles Barkley on appearances <laughs> with the four horsemen. Um, macho man. So Brian Pillman is, is on the top rope. Benoit runs in, Macho Man launches Pillman, he sends Brian flying into Benoit, knocks him down, and you're thinking, danger is averted there, and then Pillman kind of ends up in a heap on the floor, Macho Man then decides he's going to go on top of him, give him what for, at which point Hart lets go of the referee at long last. The referee's then saying... To Macho Man, get off Brian Pillman. No, so what's Brian Pillman doing? Yeah, never mind. Brian that, Pillman, yeah. Get out my ring. He said, get off Brian Pillman. <laughs> <laughs> he said, get off Brian. Leave Brian Pillman alone. I don't know what he's here for, but don't hurt him. And then, <laughs> as he's doing this, as he's doing this, again, we're all within a six inch radius of, of, of Randy Anderson. Arn Anderson runs out behind to get very confused in the amount of people involved now. All the Andersons. Arn Anderson runs up behind Vacho Man and it's him. It's meant to hit him with some kind of foreign object. But I couldn't see, see but, that, nah, no. Yeah. Not, not told that. We were told by the commentary team. We yeah. didn't see a replay. How could they see it? Yeah, I'm yeah, watching yeah. the same feed, mate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Kayfabe's uh, <laughs> yeah, smashed into a thousand tiny pieces here. Well, of course it was after the blade did it anyway. But... <laughs> after the carry incident. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but yeah, again, within, within millimetres of the referee, uh, Arn Anderson punches Macho with the, uh, I presume, brass knucks or whatever it was. And then uh, Macho Man goes down. Arn Anderson picks up Flair, drops him on top of him, <laughs> yeah, before running back for the IV. <laughs> <laughs> So the battery's scarpered, the battery's done one, and then Randy Anderson turns around for the first time in about a minute and a half without batting a single eyelid. <laughs> yeah, this is fine. <laughs> Despite the last time he looked around, there was the rest of the match going on. There was now a lot of people in the ring, foreign <laughs> objects, and blood everywhere. He still he doesn't bother him. None of it's none of it's a concern of his. He just counts the three. One, two, three, and they got a new champ. It's Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Twelve times. Twelve yeah, times. Done, he's done it. Yeah, the heels, they celebrate, they make the, the four horsemen gesture, they have four fingers go up, and then they put some boots to Macho Man. Yeah. And then they head off with said aforementioned big gold belt in tow, and, <laughs> and that's your lot, really. What, what a chaotic ending. So that was Starcade 1995, and let's see what we all made of it with our ratings, builders, and killers. My builder is the comms lads. Honestly, all three worked really well together. It was such a refreshing change. I think we mentioned it with, uh, I think we're covering World War Three. I think, uh, Liam, you'd, you'd mentioned what a nice change it was to have these lads on. Um, and, you know, hearing Shivani and Heenan together worked sublimely, and to have Dusty was a bonkers but entertaining treat all the way through. He talked utter cobblers but remained entertaining throughout, which I've hopefully <laughs> paid some small tribute to with my atrocious impressions for the TMNS World Cup. And my killer was... God, it was a bit of a marathon, this, wasn't it? At two hours, 44 minutes long, it was hell of a slog. And it didn't half feel like it was nearly three hours. It really... I mean, you can't argue for with the value for money getting in the crowd, but blimey, I had to split this up into a couple of sessions, and even then it dragged. We just didn't need some of the drawn-out matches that we got, particularly at the end. Liam, over to you. What was your builder and killer? My Starcade builder was that we finally got a glimpse of Chris Benoit as a member of the Horsemen. Um, I've been whinging about this for a couple of weeks now. How the uh, WCW have buried Benoit since they revealed him mm. as part of this lineup. So it was it was cracking to see him in the ring with the the forefinger salute with the rest of them. And hopefully we get a little bit more of this now. It's good yeah. to see. Absolutely. My killer is the lack of promotion for this World Cup. Obviously, me, myself and Jim, we, we haven't seen the uh, the World Cup. So, from from what you've mentioned, Steve, it sounded really, really good, really entertaining. It was seemed yeah. like there was a you know a couple of you know, good wrestlers to, to to have a look at here, and uh, all we've had is just that that same advert for weeks that there's just going to be a World Cup, but we didn't know <laughs> anything to do with the World Cup. So, um, I think they've missed a trick here, especially as as the last pay per view before we head out of uh, 1995. Um, I think they could have uh, churned a few more viewers if they'd have, if they'd have bothered to market this proper. So that's got to be the killer for me. Totally agree with that. Absolutely right. And Jim, what were your Starcade ratings builder and killer? I'm gonna I'm gonna toss a curveball out to start with. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go killers first here. This is really gonna this is really gonna blimey. Want to turn really up for the books? Freak out our 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 regular listener. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, my killer. I, I, I was tempted. I was tempted to go with the burial of of, of Randy Anderson, who's now under so much <laughs> sediment. I reckon he's turned into fossil fuels. But <laughs> I'm going to go with the, the Bladen fiasco in, in the main event. But to see two two absolute stalwarts of the game to make such a fucking mess of of, of that, which was an unsightly mess of all that, was, was, yeah. was disappointing to see. And I mean, what? So, match of it flare with a with a megaphone, and it. <laughs> There's no way that would have created that. It was like he'd hit him with a, a you know, a, a mace. mace or an axe or <laughs> yeah. a dagger. You know I mean? Totally. Being or something. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It just none of it was. Uh, it was. It was just. It just didn't need to happen it too much. Nah, totally. Yeah. Shambles. If you think about it as well, this is another WCW pay per view where we're, we're talking about the main event and how like you know shoddy ending we get to it yeah. or how much of a. Yeah. How much yeah. of a mess they've made of it, you know? So they, yeah, they stayed true to form anyway and gave us consistency. <laughs> yeah. to, to win about again. And my builder, my, my ratings builder, 
was it's got to be winning the inaugural TMS <laughs> World Cup of Wrestling, hasn't it? It's got to be going to be taking that trophy home. <laughs> you can't top that. Unbelievable. <laughs> Get out, boo! Get out, the it, pig, boo! <laughs> That's what we think, but what did the American public think in 1995? Over to the Christmas envelope for the TV ratings. Nitro, 2.5. A step down from their 2.7 the week prior, but still ahead of Raw's 2.3 last time out, so a kind of meh from the American public. And Starcade. 75,000 pay-per-view buys, which is 15,000 fewer than World War 3, and 5,000 fewer than In Your House 5. Wow. Yikes. Wow. Jesus Christ. And that's like WCW's main fucking pay-per-view, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it got dicked on by In Your House 5 seasons bases. Shoddy, shoddy work. Shoddy work from WCW. Pack up and go home now after that, don't you? After that, chasing in loss. What a work. What a way to say out the year, eh? Well, that's all for this episode, but normal service will be resumed as WCW and Raw go head-to-head as we burst through the curtain into the new calendar year. And what a year for wrestling it was. The 1996 music is just about a hit, with the Monday night scores leaning slightly in favour of the WCW Team 7-6. Well, before we head off to start tracking down 95 vintage Saki on Majestic, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're at TMNScores. That's at TMNScores. Well, all that's left to say is farewell, so it's goodbye from us all. Thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, this has been the Monday Night Scores. Do you want me to do my last line again, Jim? And then you can pick as a, as a tee up, or do you not? Know, will that put you off? Because then, you, then there's some there's some timing added to the improv act. <laughs> 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 shouldn't have said anything. Should. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> right, I'll just go with it. Okay. <laughs> don't know, I'm feeling a bit nervous about this. I don't know why. Done loads of these now. Um, not in a wifey though. Probably not to do it. Not in a wifey, it's true. <laughs> I've grafted right soon, I can't really ask <laughs> Fair enough. Alright. Well I go with the ten count is called and the triangle match ends in victory for the nature boy. And then would we say something like, you know like you know as in over to gym for the main event I, I had that's what we had been doing and we had we not I remember mm. I tagged it to Liam during the triangle match you did tag it to Liam in, in mid triangle match you did do that but everything else we just we just, just carried on as normal yeah, so it was only me who made a scene right okay <laughs> <laughs> fourth wall shattered <laughs> got you right okay so in the main event then we've got Savage Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ric Flair for the big gold belt. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty about that. It is. That's what they call it. The big gold belt. <laughs> they do. That's I know, it's just the way you said it. <laughs> I was trying to say it one night. No, it's great. No, it's great. I love it. Which <laughs> 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 I mean. <laughs> I was going to say. No, just the way you slowed down with it. I was very good. I, I was I was out of it now, so I haven't got written down. <laughs> All right, I'll do it again. I'll tell you what we could. I'll tell you what we could we could do. We're doing is having. Not real laughing. So I see people like that. It's a big gold belt. It's great, it just got me. It tickled me. You slowed down. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so what we could do, Shane, is that because Flair's won that, he then yeah. goes on to get his heavyweight match and he gets it right now. Right, got you, got you. Right. I imagine right, so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I imagine this is what the audience feel like watching a Buddy Landell match. It was just, nothing was going on. Everyone was just looking at each other. Sorry, Jim. Spoiled. It just felt like there'd been, there'd been too big a pause. Right, no, no, I've got it now. Go great on. to give it. After the start, well, no one's gonna laugh. Well, so. <laughs> well, so I was about that then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm gonna put myself on mute because I'm not. <laughs> right. How then? Let's crack on with this. The worst person <laughs> to do about this one. <laughs> Liam hasn't eaten. <laughs> Since he's asked. <laughs> oh, sorry. Come on. <clears throat> right, there we go. This is it. Straight in the can. Straight in the can. From here, straight in the can. No messing. Why say it? <laughs> Get that can open. <laughs> can at the ready. The guy the guy in the can opener. <laughs> the nip picker of the can opener when he turns face. <laughs> It'll be the can opener. <laughs> right. Everywhere title fight. Big gold belt. Thanks for that double count out win. Flair's now in the main event for the evening, the title match with Randy Savage, which is taking place right now. We happy? <laughs> Perfect. We happy? Good. Right, good. Yeah, right. good. Super. <laughs> you get that oven on. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 